This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as Line of Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26, 2022. It's from the track Fintech in 2027, sponsored by MasterCard and is titled Embrace the Evolution from Startup to Diversified Fintech. Speaking on the session are Al Crawford from BHG Financial, Tyler Crawford from BHG Financial, with moderator Peter Renton from Fintech Nexus. Great to see you all here. Thank you for joining us. Um, as John said, my name is Peter Renton. I am the chairman and co-founder of Fintech Nexus. I still haven't screwed up once today. I keep thinking I'm going to screw it up because we just changed our name last week, but it is Fintech Nexus. And joined with uh, I mean, two uh, uh, executives that are, are just, I think in some ways, I would even call you unsung heroes of the fintech space, but uh, they've got a fascinating story. We're going to delve into that in, in, in some depth in the next 20 minutes. So, so Al, why don't you start off just to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, about, about you and the company. Sure. <clears throat> Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Uh, we've been, uh, I'm, I'm chairman, uh, CEO, uh, one of the original three founders and uh, started the company back in 2001 with the idea that we would provide working capital to the small business commercial space and really uh, wanted to use technology speed, uh, a concierge service, uh, as well as a uh, credit scoring model that could turn the decision around uh, the same day, if possible. So um, we kind of tried to dispel some of the older uh, banking myths that uh, the more time you take, uh, the better the credit decision. We felt we could make a a good credit decision with the right information uh, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so we we practiced that. Uh, We started with about $25,000 $25,000 in capital. Now, there was three of us. My partner, Eric's here. And uh, we sold uh, uh, 30% of the company in 2015 to Pinnacle Bank at a $250 million value and then sold another 19% the following year at a $600 million value. And then as recently as about three years ago, we bought uh, our partner, Bobby, out at a, at a billion-dollar value. And uh, today, we're about $3.1 billion in assets uh, with about four. $130 million in, uh, in equity, and so we're well capitalized, and we have a very, very uh, robust, robust uh, backside funding uh, group that, uh, that I think has been a, a big part of our success. Okay, we're going we're gonna to delve into some of those details in a little bit, but Tyler, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and, uh, and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Um, Tyler Crawford. I'm uh, the chief operating officer for, for BHG um, and really started uh, really in the product development area, really growing new businesses and new products for BHG um, for a little while as our chief business development officer, uh, working with strategic partners, as well as really bringing in um, new products and services. And then more recently, about about two years ago, moved over into our chief operating officer role. Um, so I currently still look at, head up growth, um, but I also now oversee operations, product, and technology. Um, And so really focused on kind of where we're going and uh, what we're doing today and taking kind of that core model that we started with of kind of disrupting the healthcare space with a commercial working capital loan and now building out how we can bring that across the larger professional and consumer network nationwide and what other financial services we can bring to market that those customers need. Okay, great. So maybe we can, um, I'd love to, I think we need to sort of get some history of the evolution of the company. Al, maybe you 
can take us through the founding story and just a little bit of how you've how you've evolved it over you know it's now what 20 20 plus years sure peter uh anybody who's uh heard me speak here been with me before um i hope everybody has like two or three hours right now <laughs> that we can uh can get into this and uh go go from a to z um eric who as i said is sitting over here and his brother bobby um they were originators they had originated just about any type of asset class you could imagine um my background was kind of a poor man securitization where i took community banks and i moved asset classes really just about any type of asset class between banks uh banks that had a demand had a lot of deposits. I would find banks that were really at their legal lending limit or concentration limits in a certain asset class and move those assets between those institutions. So my background over the years was using that bank's uh, credit and that bank's legal and accounting, hook it up with that other bank and kind of do that securitization and get paid a broker's fee for it. So when we met, it was kind of a natural, uh, we met in uh, Martha's Vineyard and it was, it was, a, it was a natural meeting where, wow, you guys, so you, you originate and, you know, I place probably what you've originated and we should do our own thing. And so we ended up starting with 25000 in capital and we just started doing deals. We love the healthcare space and we felt that the, the, the healthcare space doctors, dentists, vets could really use a $100,000 working capital loan and it would help really. And it was, it was small pretty much one or two practitioner practices. Uh, so we underwrote the, uh, the, the small business owner really with our credit models. And that gave us a natural movement in about 2014 into the consumer space because a lot of our underwriting was based on the, the, the individual anyway, as, right. as we did the, uh, as we grew the model over the years. Right. Okay. So, so Tyler, maybe you could just run us through the, the product suite as it stands today. Yeah. 100%. So we, you know, over the years, we really started to build out the business and we have kind of two ecosystems. So when we're looking at the larger universe, we have borrowers that are really professionals and consumers. And we've built two major brands that really focus in that area. One is BHG Money and the other one's Nalu Pay. So for BHG Money, we're actually offering both unsecured consumer loans, commercial working capital loans, both business and personal credit cards, as well as SBA loans directly to those professionals and consumers nationwide, and really being their, their lead financial services provider. And then as we moved along more recently, we actually launched our first entrance into the point of sale financing market, and that's Nalu Pay. And again, really trying to create products that we can focus on the same customer base. So for Nalu, we're going out to that same dentist, that same merchant, and we're now able to allow them to offer a technology-first platform to offer financing for their goods and services mm -hmm. that they're offering to those consumers. That's really one side of the business. And then the other side of the business is really that institutional and bank group where we have strategic partners and banks that in the early days were really just the funding mechanism. But what we've built them into is actually a pretty diverse network of true partners. So we not only use those partners for the funding, but we also now built products to actually bring to them and create a stronger relationship. So we recently launched BHE Connect, and that's a lending as a service platform that we bring right back into the bank group to help them or into a strategic partner. We also launched RMSG, um, which is our regulatory consulting 
marketing arm, where again, we're really being able to provide value added services back to that 1400 bank group network that we've created over the last 20 years. Right, right. So I want to actually delve in because when we, we chatted a, a couple of weeks ago and, and you were talking about this, the bank network, I'd love to sort of delve into that because that's something I think a lot of people are interested in. I mean, tell us, I mean, maybe the size of it, which I was astounded by, and then the how you've been able to build that up over the years. Sure. We'd love to, Peter. Uh, the bank network uh, literally started, as I said, back in 2001 when I had relationships with banks around the country, mainly community banks. And uh, they said, if you ever do your own deal, we'd go off to back you. So we started building. We had three banks in 2001. Um, we, there's 1,400 banks today. We have a very robust auction that we sell $25 million worth of approximately 80,000 average size loans a day on. Um, you'll have at any given day, three to 400 banks come to the auction and they participate in bid on deals that we've originated potentially that day, two days ago, a week ago. And so it's a, it's a very diverse group. Uh, one of the things, 2008, 9, 10, when uh, we all saw liquidity get very, very tight, the bank group was very strong. So it allowed us to gain market share 2020, March, April, May, right through COVID. Again, we were a BHG, it's the BHG Bank Network, BHG Bank Hub. Uh, it allowed the banks to really be able to stay at home. They couldn't get out to the diners, the local restaurants, meet with their clients, and we were digital, so we continued to do volume. And we, we, we grew aggressively. We went from about 500 employees to about 1,400 employees during COVID as our originations and the volume continued to grow in the company company continued to grow. So it's been a little bit of a differentiator for us that during even times like today, um, we completed a, a $300 million ABS today with, with great terms. I was really happy about that. But we're probably moving, uh, we'll move probably close to $420 million this month through our bank group. So is a bank group, are they... Is it a multi, is it the different asset classes that are all evo- all involved there? I mean, what do you make available to the bank network? It's primarily our core consumer and commercial loans, but um, we also have a credit card partnership with Pinnacle Bank, which is with about three hundred million outstanding. Um, we're going to be bringing an agent bank program to our banks uh, in uh, in October of this year. That same program will will go ahead and uh, bring it. To, there's probably about one hundred and fifty banks that are very interested in that, and we uh, we look at uh, the now pay. Pinnacle having a 37 billion asset bank as a partner, owning 49 percent, has been very, very advantageous. Right. When we went into the point of sale, they said, "What do you need, Alan?" We said we could use probably 100 million to start, and they said, "Here's 100 million at, at very good okay. terms, very good rates." <laughs> okay. So that's been, you know, the bank group's been very, very supportive, right. which right. has been great. And then, and Tyler, when we were on our call, you called this that your big, your, like your biggest competitive moat is the bank network. So tell us a little bit about how you think about that when you think about sort of the competitive environment. Yeah, so I, I think to start a little bit, you know, to repeat what we said, you know, it really does give us that diversified funding model. So in times where you see liquidity crises, you, we have the flexibility to move that paper through, you know, multiple different channels. And even the group itself, when you get to 1,400 banks, is very diversified. So right. even if some of those banks, from a geographic standpoint or an asset class standpoint, get affected, it's still not, you know, a couple institutions that are doing the funding, it's 1,400. So you can thin that down. All of a sudden, you have a 25% drop 
of affected banks, there's still 75% of that 1,400 that are there. I think the other thing is it's helped us really, you know, uh, understand the front end and the back end of our model. So we not only look at the banks as a diversified funding source, but they truly are how we build new programs and how we differentiate our programs in the market. So for example, we wanted to bring a credit card program to the market. We didn't have to go out there and try to figure out wh- how do we build a credit card. We instead found one of our partner banks that was in the space and did a partnership program with them to bring that in. Mm-hmm. When we look at our products themselves, um, our products, especially in the, the working capital and consumer loan side tend to be longer terms, higher loan amounts, and really allow us to differentiate the offering to the customer, which really matters at the end of the day. And, and what's allowed us to test into those markets is the close relationships with the banks before we maybe bring that into the capital markets on the other side. Interesting, interesting. So I want to go back to something you said, Al, about you, you like you talked about 2008, 2009. We obviously just came through a, a pretty um, unusual period as well but you're one of the few fintechs that actually had some scale in the fi- in the financial crisis of 0809 so what did you learn from being an operator back then that you could apply to the you know the pandemic crisis <laughs> I think uh, I think we used it a little bit in 2020 to uh, credit quality, credit quality, credit quality. Um, you, you know, you're 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 as good as your your loans are performing. And so, in 2008, 2009, our loans continued to perform well. Um, we, at the time, we worked exclusively with healthcare professionals. And so, as you went into 2020 and you saw the the pandemic evolving, um, we continued to lend. And one of the things that I thought was extremely evident. And, and we may have opportunities like this again with the back end bank group. Uh, we were able to really kick up volume. And so our funnel went from, say, 2,000 leads a day to 3,000 leads a day. You had a lot of the marketplace on the side. Right. Banks went to the side. So yeah. our credit quality, our FICOs jumped, our average income jumped, and we were able to actually do more volume with higher credit quality as we did back in a 8, 9, and 10 well, and, and a get a little market share. Yeah, a lot of your fin- other fintechs uh, just shut up shop pretty much. It's just ex- as well as the banks too. Right, right. But you had enough banks that were on board to, to, to handle that increase in volume? <laughs> it's funny. Some weren't lending in their own market, but they were buying our deals <laughs> on the, on the uh, loan hub. So, uh, right. yes, it was, it was good. Okay. Okay. So, so Tyler, you, you, you mentioned uh, BHG Connect before, this sort of lending as a service product. And that, I'd, I'd, I'd love you to tease that out a little bit because that's something that, you know, we've seen, we've seen a little bit in the market where there's been, there's much more openness, it feels like now to that. So, tell us a little bit about how it works and, and, and who you're targeting exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, what we started to notice was, you know, we were having conversations with partners, with institutions, with, you know, the banks. And, you know, a lot of what they were wondering was, you know, all of a sudden they would be on our our loan hub and they would see a client in their backyard, someone that maybe even had a deposit account at the bank. And all of a sudden they're saying, why did they go to you for a loan over us? And and a lot of times it was it was really, you know, some of it was the speed, the service, um, the platform. A lot of it was also just the offering, right? The bank didn't 
traditionally offer an unsecured consumer loan in their market. Um, so we started to do some research there. We also started to talk to some of the, the non-lending fintechs that are out there that have, you know, scale in terms of customer base, but they may be offering financial services or the insuretechs offering insurance, and they want to start adding that additional service to build their LTV with those customers. Um, so we saw an opportunity in the market. And what we really built out was we took our core competencies as BHG, you know, our ability to understand how to go market and originate these customers, took the core products that we had that were already working in the market, and we really put that in a technology that can be completely white labeled, but we'll do all the heavy lifting. So now we can connect to a bank. They can now offer our unsecured consumer loan directly to their community under their brand, but we'll take all the heavy lifting there. If they're a financial institution like a bank, they can also participate in those loans on the backside. If they're a non-lending institution, which we're having a lot of conversations with as well, the nice part about our program is, is we're a lender. So we'll actually take those loans in and we can create really nice fee income and an additional product that they can get stickier with their customers. And again, increase that LTV over time completely under their brand. Right. So then what about your marketing engine? I mean, like you talk, I mean, I'll just mentioned 2,000, 3,000 leads a day. I mean, tell us um, how do you get your name out there? What's sort of the key to the, the marketing engine? Yeah. So we, um, you know, we've really grown the business direct to the borrower. So, you know, we've differentiated ourselves a little bit. We're always interested in strategic partner relationships and we're really starting to expand that part of the business. But from day one, we've built an in-house marketing team and an in-house data team that actually goes and profiles these borrowers, both from a credit standpoint as well as a behavioral standpoint at the universe level. And it's truly been a differentiator for us where we go actually target the exact borrowers that we want before we send a direct mail piece, before we go on and digitally originate them, before we're going after email campaigns. And then we're also optimizing kind of the digital channels, whether it's paid search or SEO or anything else, using these same metrics of really trying to find the areas where we can get the borrowers that we want in the door from a credit quality standpoint as well as from a behavior standpoint, kind of that indication that they want a loan like we offer. Um, so that's been a big differentiating factor, and it's been a very targeted approach over the years where not really trying to go mass market, just put big TV brand or something like that out there. Instead, go find the professional in their home that has a... Whoop. Whoa. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, and really make sure that we're... I think everyone's all right. Something fell down. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Um, but really find them at their home, be in front of them when they have a time of need, and then be able to create that relationship over time. Right, right. Okay, so we're just about running out of time. I really want to get to this, um, Al, because I, I, you know, we've seen a, um, uh, we could almost call it a bloodbath, I guess, on the um, in the fintech space, in the public traded space. Many of the fintechs are down um, 80, some 90% from their peak valuation. I'd love to get your thoughts about you know how you view the the overall market in fintech, and uh, if you see, if, if you see, you know just what what your uh, what your thoughts are on this on the valuation change, shall we say? I think uh, number one, we're happy to be private right now. Yeah, so. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably the first thing. Uh, two, I think the valuations. I mean, when I look at the valuations, and I look as if we were to go public, um, I think they were lofty. 
Yeah, right. I think they were extremely lofty. When you look at a lot you of... You must have been tempted, right? Of, tempted, yes, <laughs> without a doubt. And when you look at... Uh, I think when, when we decide with Pinnacle, the time's right, we'll probably... Well, an event would happen. But uh, I think, you know, when you look even at the values where they are today, they're still good values. You know, they're still right. good. They're still, you know, I think Upstart's still trading at 23 times. That's that's not bad. Um, even though, you know, it may be off of uh, the highs. Right. And so... Um, you know, and I think the environment is, I mean, and it's not just the fintechs. I think you're, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's other technology too that's down right. 30% plus. And you've got the S&P down close to 20%. So, you know, I think you've got events too that it's unfortunate. You know, they, they, I don't think inflation would be nearly what it is as if you didn't have the war between right. uh, Russia and, you know, going into Ukraine. And uh, that's a lot of the supply chain problem. So you're hoping someone figures out how we work our way out of that as a world and and we start getting more oil to the market and more food to the market and those are probably short-term problems if that was solved you know not long-term but i do think it's an interesting inflationary market i was i was in my uh, early 20s during the late 70s and early 80s and there's a lot of similarities which is a little bit scary right and you know when you start talking about paul volcker um that spooks me a little bit at 21% prime. So uh, those are some things that I think the market's probably looking at and just like anything, putting a big discount. And when it swings, crowds are really, they they overreact, I think, too, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's that's all we have time for. I'm afraid. So, thank you very much, Al. Thanks, Tyler. Before I before we uh, end, though, just another plug for the BHG uh, rap party, which is at the end of day one, which is today, obviously, and it's up up on the rooftop. If you haven't been up there, it is fantastic view of the Hudson. Beautiful. It's going to be a nice day. So, make sure you come along to that. Uh, that there'll be a bunch of BHG folks there, I'm sure. Yes. And uh, yeah, with that, give 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 Al and Tyler a hand. Thank you. Thank you, Hugh. Thanks, Peter.